Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steel if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up. It was a... Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. Ball in, ball out. You can't escape us that easily. The season ends and the Lakers' season is over. Other teams are still playing. It doesn't matter. We have things that we want to talk about, and it's largely things uh, that, <laughs> that idiot Laker fans would normally want to talk about at this time of year. And we're going to dedicate an entire show to that. I'm Dan Vespers. I am joined by, what do we usually do? The beautiful, the beautiful Eli Bauman. Yeah, we always call each other beautiful. i got to keep that one going. Uh, what's up, man? It's been, I think, what, like a week and a half, two weeks? We had a little, a little break there. It's been a bit. We had to marinate a little bit. We're watching the first round of the uh, playoffs, and I feel like we're in the playoffs. We're in the speculation <laughs> playoffs. We're in the playoffs because <laughs> every game's result is like, hmm, I wonder if we could go get that guy. It's been a delight. I, I also have to say, just on a from a purely basketball standpoint, I've really enjoyed watching these playoffs. I love watching these teams. I feel like the league has like never been in better shape. What's your um, least What's your least favorite series going right now? Hmm. Well, I mean, the ones that I find for whatever reason, I like to call them the the like the the nights where you you tell your wife like, yeah, yeah, I would love to do something tonight. <laughs> Uh, I mean, and I, I love hanging out with my wife, but it's definitely easier to do when it's like, uh, Toronto versus Washington Warriors Spurs was that one for me. Warriors Spurs. Yeah. Here. Okay. So I think the, the ones I'm the least interested in are Houston, Minnesota. Cause like, that's just not yeah. a contest. Um, Warriors Spurs and Toronto, Toronto, uh, Washington and Boston, Milwaukee. But uh, by the way, I'm interested in in Boston, Milwaukee from a just like I have no idea who's going to win that and kind of Toronto, Washington as well. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I find them l- less compelling. I'm with you on you? all. I think I I think I like Toronto, Washington a little bit more than you. I have this weird. I have a soft spot for the Toronto Raptors. I just I want to see yeah. them succeed so bad. It feels like they're always so I close. Know. And that mental hurdle or whatever's going on there that's usually shaped like LeBron James' shadow just gets them. <laughs> and then this year, yeah. it's like John Wall's I shadow. But, I love the city of Toronto. Oh, uh, by the way, should and, we do like you know, a like a thoughts up for Toronto because of the whole? Well, I mean, it's not going to make a difference. But, no. Uh, but I love the city of Toronto. Uh, obviously, we're hoping for the best for them. I've spent a lot of time in my life in Toronto. It's like literally one of my favorite places. Uh, on the planet i think it's just like one of the best cities also by the way has like some of the most beautiful uh women on the planet just shout out <laughs> you, toronto you're just killing your wife on today's show i know well, <laughs> good thing she doesn't listen uh and uh and i love demar Derozan, so uh i i do want them to win but i just i i've had a harder time kind of 
getting into that series than than for example Utah Thunder, which I think is a good place for us to start. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, so maybe we'll circle back there. Yeah. Um, and then I'm loving Utah uh, OKC. I'm loving. I loved the Pelican series just because I felt like we that got to watch them come into their own. That was amazing. It was spectacular. Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, Rondo, playoff Rondo. I love playoff Rondo. Nico Miritich, especially when he's not on the Celtics. Not so smushy face has been was outstanding. Yeah, beardless Miritich. He's uh, that that series. I've I mean I've been like running my mea culpa tour. I, I really thought Portland was going to win that series, and they they looked awful. They had no answer for the Pelicans, not- and their offense looked terrible too. Dame Lillard comes out after whatever it was, game two, and says, oh, they're, they're throwing things at me I've never seen before. And it's like, you've been in the league for almost a decade, right? What? Yeah. Wh- I think what he's talking about is just the fact that Anthony Davis can literally guard two to three people at the Un- same time. Unbelievable. No other. Is there any other player in the NBA that can guard an entire opposing team by themselves? I feel like he's no, it. He, he's seven foot with, a, with guard feet. And a wingspan of like feet. nine feet. <laughs> it's I crazy. Know. It's it's crazy, and I and I, you know sometimes it's really nice because, you know, as I said before, it's like the league has just never been in better shape because I don't think Drew Holiday, who's by the way had a great season, great regular season, and I'm sure you know that from also your your fantasy. Yeah, yeah as I a- adjust my spectacles, I I was <laughs> yes. I was aware of his, <laughs> yes, his statistics know. were impressive uh, this regular season. <laughs> But, you know, like, I don't think he was on anyone's playoff radar of like, oh, man, I'm going to love watching Drew Holiday. No, and everybody thought he's been spectacular. Yeah, terrific. And everybody was I I think what I had heard going into that series was like, well, Drew Holiday is really good two way player and he is a good defender. But in this current iteration of the NBA, it's really difficult for one guy to stop his counterpart on the other team because there's pick and roll. There's a lot of switches or stuff like that. And the Pelicans really they utilized their strengths impressively we uh one of the episodes of fantasy nba today i did recently was was talking to uh the hoopball uh blazers hoopball i'm sporting their shirt on today's podcast the uh the guy that covers the blazers and he broke it down in this crazy way it was like look the pelicans did stuff that only they can do because of their personnel i'm curious how they're gonna fare against you know the warriors if they have steph back it's basically an unguardable team to some degree uh, but I'm, I'm thinking the Warriors are a little bit more concerned now than they were like a week and a half ago. Because the Pelicans kind of uh, lived in the playoffs. So. I, I, I don't know. I didn't see that one coming. That was that was pretty good. Well, uh, we got to get into all yeah. of these all of these series because they all have weird kind of offshoot ramifications for the Lakers, the 2018-2019, or sorry, yeah, 2018-2019 Los Angeles Lakers. And I think... To some extent, like what I think is cool about New Orleans is just that, for whatever reason, those pieces just seem to fit together really well. Would they have been like, this good without or with Boogie? Well, let's get to, let's get to that okay. because okay. this is this I believe becomes and and I don't want to steal your phrase, but you described the possible free agent bonanza <laughs> as as what before we got on the air it just kind of seems like the lakers are strolling up to the buffet line right now because it doesn't seem like That's almost right. almost every guy that we had talked about during this regular season as being potentially in play is now can you say extra in play like here's, yes, here's more the, in play more in so the the list that we had formulated as these the, you know the pie and the, the pies in the sky for the lakers was basically 
Paul George. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go. Okay. Let's go through a series because I feel like we can if we can get to all of these people and then line up our buffet okay. by the end. <laughs> okay, that seems like I like that. It's good organizing. Because the way I look at it is, we kind of went into this from a Laker perspective, wanting I always talk about like low key god of chaos. Like we wanted the low key like Norse god of chaos to take over these playoffs, and that's exactly what's happening. Oh yeah. So so Magic and Palinka are foaming at the mouth. <laughs> They couldn't script this out better so far. So back to the point about you kind of never know how these pieces are going to fit. Um, New Orleans seems to be really fitting together. And OKC, who hasn't really fit together all season, and everyone was kind of like, well, wait to the playoffs, wait to the playoffs. They, yeah, they don't yeah. fit. No, it they don't fit. It really, to me, it still comes back to... I don't get that many things right, so I want to toot my horn when I get something right. And obviously there's toot it, baby. another decade where this could all change, but I still strongly feel, and I, I, I feel like I yelled about this a bunch on our episode with uh, our good friend Fred Dinkins, that even though Russell Westbrook is maybe the most entertaining player in the NBA, he puts a cap on what yeah. his teams can accomplish just because of his style of play. It limits... They have no plan. No plan. It's Russell Westbrook, full bore... And when you run into a team like the Jazz that can actually keep him from scoring at the rim, yep. their whole system breaks down. Also, Carmelo Anthony looks terrible. Awful. Uh, I mean, I think they should just bench him. They probably should. I don't. Although I don't know if it would even matter at this point. By because, the way, have have fun paying him like twenty four million dollars yeah, next season. Player he's option picking up whatever that option is. Player option for twenty eight million dollars next year. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> you sounded like the ESPN Deportes broadcaster. Oh. The uh, so so I mean okay so let's start in Oklahoma City then right or or Boogie yeah. where which one do you prefer well, we were talking about I think both. we should first hit Oklahoma City and then talk about Boogie because I think well obviously those those all of this stuff is inter intermingled with each other so well Paul but George I think, I think Paul George has always been the most obvious target for us it always seemed like he really wanted to come here he was trying to push his way out of Indy to come here and. He looks it there looks to be no joy in playing with Oklahoma City for him. I uh, expect there's probably little joy living in Oklahoma City for him. <laughs> um and I just think like we couldn't we couldn't have planned it better if we tried. No, for them to get home court advantage in the first round and then promptly get waxed by the Utah. Now, admittedly they're going back home. They could win a game here and make it a 3-2 series, but I mean, the Jazz have looked like the vastly superior team in basically all of the games. And the only one that the, the Thunder they won. They swept. They could have. The, the Thunder yeah. got big games from both George and Westbrook in game one. And that's what allowed them to win by what? Six? Is that what the final margin was in that game? I think Seven? so. And I mean, just just watching the games, you're like, you know, I'm looking at Joe Ingles, like talking just tons of that's, to Paul George, which is outstanding. And like, and by the way, like it doesn't like sometimes guys have like fake bravado, fake tough, and like it doesn't like they don't like OKC and they're not afraid of them at all. They think they're better, they are better. You know, it's just sometimes you just you just know it when you see it. Um, now watch OKC like rattle off <laughs> three victories in a row. And yeah, we'll have to do like another. Morons. We'll have to do another pod in a week, effectively. <laughs> right. But no, I, but, I mean, I think yeah. that your point makes a lot of sense, which is, and I'm kind of trying to look at this from Paul George's perspective and the Lakers' perspective. If you're a Laker fan, which effectively we all are here on this podcast, 
what what I'm seeing in this series is Paul George looking around and saying, could we be any better here in Oklahoma City? Like, what's the ceiling? Right. What's the upshot? And I feel like the upshot looks pretty terrible right now. I agree. Which I don't know if that's accurate. Like, maybe there is a better upshot there than it appears. But right now, the upshot looks bad. It looks like this is as good as they can be unless they could, like, turn what, Carmelo into Carmelo from 2008 instead of 2018? I, Steven Adams is solid. They're not going to upgrade there. They don't have the cap space to do anything else. What what What's left to accomplish? This was their shot, and it doesn't look like they can get out of the first round. No. I mean, you've got to appreciate that the fact that they went all in. I think you, you still do that trade if you're them. Obviously, it's harder now in hindsight seeing how good Oladipo is cuz he's been a revelation all season. By the way, I really like watching that team play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll get to them. Oh, don't worry. They're, they're they're part of our our free agent buffet line too in a weird way. Um or not them, but Cleveland. Yeah. Um but yeah, I agree with you. And you know and I agree too with the point that I love Russell Westbrook and I love watching him play, but Durant wanted out Oladipo couldn't really play with him and suddenly looks like a world beater, looks like a first, you know, all-team, all-NBA team guy. And Paul George, you think, would be the perfect running mate because he plays well off the ball. He's a really good defender. He doesn't seem to have a, a huge ego about things. And even that really isn't working. No. Um, and you just got to wonder exactly what you said. Like, what are they going to sell? They're going to sell to him, like, Hey, you're going to be the second banana on a team that got knocked out in the first round. Um, that but, we can do that next year. Yeah, and they had pretty he, good health. You can be the first banana on the on a team that gets knocked out in the first round. <laughs> you can be part of a growing process of a team that has financial flexibility and might have one of these other bananas that we're about to yank off the buffet line. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I to me, it all comes back to Westbrook, and I think there's that assist mentality too, where you see him piling up these triple doubles. And you're like, oh, he's a, he's an unbelievable passer. He's he's got everything, but it's a different kind of passing in Oklahoma yeah. City than it is in Golden State, and obviously that's comparing like the opposite, the the complete extreme of ball movement to a team where it's all right, Westbrook pass, and then someone better shoot. Because Russ better get that assist, and there's no second pass or third pass. There's no fluidity to it. Um, yeah, you know, let's put Paul George right at the front of the buffet line because it seems like it seems like the Lakers would almost have to turn him down right now, and that's how confident I, think so. I feel. I th- yeah, I, I think I went from being like all season being like, well, it's probably about fifty fifty, to then being like, yeah, it's probably about sixty forty because it doesn't seem like that much fun, and now I'm like. 80-20. It, yeah. it just seems like it makes the most sense. I think, like, I wouldn't be surprised if by, what's it, it's like July 1st it opens. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, by July 2nd he's in a Laker uniform. <laughs> he's certainly uh, going to be in L.A. Um, okay, so Boogie, since we already talked about right. New Orleans. Um, you know, he's got the Achilles thing going on. Do the Lakers, would the Lakers even want to make a run at a guy like Boogie? Which is a weird question to ask because he's so good, but I mean, big guy Achilles situation—that's not perfect. That's not optimal. No, and I think what's really good about the situation the Lakers are in, and I won't—I won't jump too far ahead here, but it's just we just have so many options 
coming into the summer. I think before it was like, oh, well, it's Paul George and, you know, maybe LeBron and, you know, maybe this and maybe that. But I think now it's not a sure deal that uh, New Orleans is going to offer Boogie the Max, just watching how good they are. They still might, and they still maybe should. But I'm just I, – I think Boogie is in play now more than he used to be. And if I'm Robin Magic, I kind of look at this as like, okay, we're going to go really hard after Paul George. We're going to go really hard after LeBron. If we don't get either of those guys, okay, then what do we what do we think about Boogie? It becomes just something you can ponder and factor in. And then there's all these other guys who may or may not be available. Yeah, which and we'll then, get to them. And there's the guy that's uh, already on the team in Julius Randle, who's suddenly becoming a exactly. world beater. Uh, let's go to the LeBron portion of the buffet i think next because he's the hold on can i can i just ask you one question of just course what, before we get off that series of the the blazers uh pels theory series i don't think it's out i think lillard or mccollum might be available yeah portland's by trade portland is severely hamstrung was another thing that i learned on that pod earlier this yeah, week that right, they like have salary cap. they have no flexibility of any kind. Yeah. They traded Noah Vonley this season just to get out from under the luxury tax. So they're totally stuck and their choice is basically just like waited out for another 2 years while the Evan Turner and Myers Leonard contracts eventually come off the books or blow it up. Uh I don't I mean if they're willing if Portland is willing to blow it up, I think you go and you do everything you can to get these guys. Because what what have we seen over the last 20 years? You, you never get back sufficient stuff for a superstar. The team that's picking no. up the superstar basically always wins in a trade. Because picks are often garbage. Yeah, uh, you just don't know. You don't know. And the guys you're trading away are probably not superstars. They might be young guys, but they're probably not going to end up as good as Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold that Portland blows it up. I think they keep trying with Yusuf Nurkic potentially uh but this was a hell of a wake-up call I don't know they're to me they're they're like I'm, I'm almost not even paying attention to them because these other options feel so tangible right now right but I I think this could be one this could we could look back on this summer and just be like oh my god this was crazy like <laughs> eight eight all-stars moved this summer like i think that's, that's I, I think that's within the realm of possibility really that you could have just all of these guys switching teams and it could just be this crazy bonanza and it you know you look around the league and and what any team who's going to blow it up is going to want young assets back and like that's the thing we have and i'm and we don't even have to move i think you know that's what's exciting about it is we we truly have options okay let's let's that, enough for that i just wanted to Add them to our like Tinder swipe swipe right <laughs> option list. <laughs> They're like of, the, like who we might be cycling through the salad toppings at the end of the buffet. That's exactly. that's perfect. Yeah, that's the great <laughs> that's the gravy dish. Um, oh boy! All right, so LeBron's another guy we've talked about all season. That's why yeah. I, I felt like with between he and Paul George and Boogie, these are guys that we've covered and we've been doing the odds on this podcast since since November. All right, what do we what do we think the odds are? Um, LeBron is very alone in Cleveland right now. Yeah, he looks he looks distant. Like he he's still playing at a crazy high level, but he looks just the look in his eyes looks like the exact look 
he gave in his last year in Miami and his last year in Cleveland before where uh, he knows it's not a championship team. And, you know, he's saying all the right thing. He's buying people the matching suits or whatever. <laughs> uh, but it's just you kind of know. You kind of know when ultimately when you're as good and accomplished as he is that you're you're not really playing for the only thing that matters left in your career, which is rings. This Okay. Uh, so I don't have a ton to add on the LeBron thing. I just wanted to make sure that people knew he was still in the buffet line. I'm really excited. I really want to line him up. Can I line him up yet? Line him up. Put him okay. in. Put him in the... You're opening the silver tray. Oh, this is a tasty and, Paul and, George. And you got the it. little spoon, the little serving spoon. So... so Put him in the buffet. Yeah, it's Paul George with a with a light Bernays sauce in the first. Right. Yeah. There's right. uh, a red wine reduction in the LeBron dish. Oh, there's got to be a red wine reduction. And then the one that I've been so geeked up to talk about on this podcast, which is where is Kawhi Leonard going to be playing next year? I don't uh, know, but it seems like not San Antonio, if I had to guess. It sure doesn't seem like San Antonio, does it? And Kawhi Leonard is from where, by the way? I believe he's from the greater Los Angeles area. Ah, Kawhi Leonard, another Southern Californian. Interesting. Let's see. Paul George is from where? I believe the greater... I believe Palmdale. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. You know, all I can say this. Both of them would easily qualify for, like, the Disneyland, like, California resident bonus. <laughs> that would be an easy qualification for both of them. Yeah, I think Kawhi's, what is he? He's an Inland Empire guy, right? Like uh, San Bernardino or something. Either way. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's that's very much close enough to get the Disney uh, AAA discount or wherever that deal is. Yeah, he's definitely getting it. So how badly, I, I, am, I am firmly on the Lakers should go in on this as hard as humanly possible because of all the things that it would accomplish. Am I crazy? Are you with me on, on like mega hard push for Kawhi Leonard? Or are you a little bit more reticent? I'm emotionally reticent, but I think rationally, you know, I would say, well, first of all, the X factor of this is like, what exactly is his injury? And I think absolutely no one, including maybe him, understands what his injury is. I've heard it's not that, uh, big of an injury. I've heard that it's more of a mental thing. I've heard like maybe it is this kind of mysterious problem that is going to keep recurring. I, I've heard every possible thing. So I think before we do anything, I think you just want to make sure you do your due diligence from a medical perspective, which I'm sure we will. It also sounds like... Okay. Uh... If you're to believe the rumors, it sounds like he's angling out and he might be angling towards us. Yep. In which case, we sit in a leveraged position because if he tells... He only has one year left on his deal. And if he tells other teams that he is not going to go... He's not going to re-sign with them, then essentially they almost have to trade him to us or they get the kind of poo-poo platter uh, deal. So... You know, I think the question for us becomes what are you what would you be willing to give up in a trade Anything. for a guy you might be able to get in a year and just sign. That's I'm, that's going to be the calculus. I'm giving up almost anything that they ask for. I okay. am I am that uh bullish on Kawhi Leonard playing again. So if I'm RC Buford and I say I want Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball, you're doing it? I'm doing it. 
I don't even oh, care. Wow. I mean, you could you could substitute those guys out and give them picks for the next quarter century. Wow. And I'm doing See, it anyway. I, from what I've heard, it sounds like it's going to be one or the other plus stuff. Yeah, probably. I don't. I mean, I don't think that they'd have to give up both. I'm sure that they would be a much better negotiator than I'm being right now on this podcast. They should be. That's their job, not mine. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I just I wanted to be known that I don't care what price they give up. Whatever the Lakers give up, if such a deal were to transpire, wouldn't be as good as Kawhi Leonard for a couple of reasons. Number one, you get Kawhi Leonard, who's a top ten NBA basketball player, and oh, top top three, I think top three or four, because because when you factor in the defense, yeah, defensively he's insane from an efficiency standpoint. He's insane. He shoots the ball well. He's a he's a free throw percentage monster. He can shoot the three. What all that great stuff. The second thing is, if you trade for Kawhi Leonard before free agency starts, you will literally be able to pick any of those other Max guys because now you have the ultimate draw, which is a fantastic two-way player already in a Laker uniform. Now you're not selling, oh, look at all of our young guys. You're selling, look at some of our young guys, but we already have a guy that could basically carry a team into the playoffs in the Western Conference. With one more superstar, you're a championship-level team. Don't you want to be that superstar? I mean, I, I got to figure that any of those guys would be like, oh, yeah, sweet, I want to go to L.A. And then suddenly, as a Laker, you're just like, you know what, I don't have enough room on my plate for all of these items at the buffet. <laughs> I'm going to have to just choose one. I don't know what that does to a salary standpoint. I assume you have to, just, you have to be okay with just signing one max guy so that you can give Kawhi an extension the following year. But, I mean, does that mean that you end up with Kawhi and Julius Randle and Paul George next season? That, that's a, I mean, that's a ridiculous set of players that can switch everything, and you'll have a team that gets you about 85 steals a night. That's nuts. It is insane. Um, I'm sorry, I got excited there. No, I mean, it's spectacular. I think the question is not even a question. I mean, <laughs> you're dreaming. I you can know, see. No, I'm just, I'm, you know, basically I'm greedy and I'm just trying to think like, well, but what if, what if you waited and you get Paul George next year, you sign Randall, you move off Dang in that, the next offseason, and then you, and then you get, Kawhi and you didn't have to give up, you know, Brandon. To me, it's like if I'm San Antonio, I if I'm not getting Brandon Ingram, I hang up the phone. Uh, you know, like that's that's who I want. He seems honestly like I can see him in a Spurs uniform. As sad as that is, he's like, yeah, he'd be fine. Basically, he's like what you thought Kawhi kind of was. He's quiet. He's like a nice kid. He's going to work hard. He's going to you know, kind of play in the system. Um, I can just see that happening. I can see him, you know, I also think like, and once again, like I don't understand the salary cap of this at all, but you know, if you use Julius to kind of sign and trade, basically I could see that being the start of a package being like, we're, we'll sign Julius and trade him to you. We'll give you Brandon Ingram and some, something to make the money work. You know, and a draft pick, our first first round pick. You know, unfortunately, there are teams that can outbid us. Boston being the main one, which just it just sucks that anytime you kind of go like, "Oh man, we're we have all these assets. We have like 
salary cap room and young players people like and you know we we got a first round draft pick now and then you're like Boston has so many assets. <laughs> they do have a lot of they do have a lot of young guys on that team. I mean it's just it's just it's just annoying. Luckily some like, of their wad is already invested in uh, Kyrie Irving and and Gordon Hayward. So there's that. That's true. There's but, that you know, they edge. could definitely outbid us. They could be like, here, do you want Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and two first-round, you know, uh, two yeah, like first-round picks in the lottery? <laughs> sure. Sure. You know um, what? And if that's what that takes to get him, then more power to those guys. They went and they they went and they got it done. But luckily, Not more power to them. F*** them. <laughs> I hate Boston. I hate them. I hate them. I want nothing good to happen to them. Yeah, that's And the fair. thing that I hate about them most is that I like the players on their team that's currently constructed. Yeah. I yeah. like, And I like their coach. And that, that's the, the most annoying thing about them on the planet. Thank, so I, thank God they have Marcus Smart because I can really hate him. Yeah, and he's back, uh, he's back. today, I, I believe. That. Yeah, I think he's coming back for the next ball game. So, okay, so it sounds to me like you'd rather see how the start of free agency goes. Because if Paul George right out of the shoot says, I commit, I'm going to be a Laker next year. Then the Lakers basically have the lure that they were hoping to get by trading for Kawhi Leonard anyway. Right. Cause at that point, well, you also, got... it, it puts your aspirations in a different spot where maybe you'd be more willing to give up some of the project, the young, you know, kind of potential projects you have. Cause you if know, I you don't have Paul George. Like, why am I giving, getting rid of my future? If I can't, if I'm not building a championship team, then I'd rather just keep my future intact. Can you imagine Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James showing up in Laker uniforms in the next like four months? That's it's possible. There's a path. There's a there is an actual path to Paul George, Kawhi, and LeBron being in Laker uniforms. <laughs> it's ridiculous. In the next two years, I do. I think that's likely. No, I think, but I do think. I do think it's. Oh, God, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Screw it. I think it's more likely than not that two of the three names we just mentioned will be Lakers in the next two years. Yeah, I agree with you. And I just the reason I like going for Kawhi Leonard so hard so early is that it basically guarantees you getting a second superstar. And by the way, this is you're totally right. That makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, the calculus to me is like, so does Paul George if you lock... Is, the draft is before f- free agency? Yeah, by about uh, okay. two weeks, I think. A couple weeks. Did, did it always... Was it always that way? I believe so, yeah. And then there's the moratorium okay. week at the beginning of July where deals are getting made but not made, made. Right. And so forth. The DeAndre Jordan window, that was that was right. shortened well, so considerably. We'll know, so I think, I think, honestly, because of that, I think we might know in some way, shape, or form, what's happening with Kawhi before free agency begins. Because I think if San Antonio is going to move off of him, I think it behooves them to do it pre-trade deadline. I mean, uh, pre-draft. So that they can... I'm sure that right. getting a draft pick or two will be a big that's factor a good point. in what they decide to do. Yeah, that's a so really we, good that, point. That, may have, that domino may have fallen... Before free agency, we might hear about a deal that got done already as soon as the Spurs are out of the playoffs. Right, it might be something that shakes I mean, out. Think about the, you know, I think about the Chris Paul thing where it's like no one really saw that happening, and then wham, you turn around and and he's like, I want out, and I want out here, and there's a package in place, and it just happened. I forget who I was talking to somebody that was just like, look, as soon as you hear about a deal, it's probably dead. 
And I thought right, that was right. That was I thought that was pretty uh, spot on. And like this is the less I hear about Kawhi Leonard Lakers packages, the happier I am right now because that means that stuff is getting put together and it hasn't been totally shot down yet. That's right. And this okay. So circling this all the way back. Yeah, let's wrap this bad boy up. Let's let's okay. do a nice okay. little summary here. Give it. Give us the rundown. So, well, so a couple months ago. Sorry, I, I'm not wrapping it up quite yet. I'm wrapping it up ish. <laughs> a couple months ago, we asked our friends who are all diehard Laker fans, kind of like, do you want LeBron? And it was split, honestly. And most people came at it from kind of emotional reasons. Some people talked about the timetable of our young guys being ready for the spotlight and maybe LeBron being too old to for those windows to mesh. Um we did not float the Kawhi Paul George <laughs> thing to our our friends, but my suspicion is they'll feel the way that I feel, which is that that's the best of all the worlds, where you have a championship team. You also don't feel like you're kind of renting a player at the end of their career, where like a player that you've hated for 15 years too. Yeah, I, I never I, hated. at this point, I think LeBron has kind of superseded any kind of feeling of hate like he's just so great that i don't have any ill will to him right I'm it just, just feels like, weird i get to watch him it just feels weird there's that weird factor of him turning it's up in your team it's, it's weird he won't feel like you had a cheat then, honestly, code honestly if i were his agent or his people it's why i would tell him not to come to the lakers because i i would say to him you can join houston like somehow they'll figure that out when there's a will, there's a way. I'm sure they can. You can go to Houston and you can put them over the top. Uh, bar, you know, I think one of the other things still in, in play this season, if Houston wins, I think that makes it a less appealing destination for him. Um, or if Philly wins, which I can't believe I'm saying, but I think we have to consider that as a small but actual possibility. Um, Philly to me is the other LeBron location that just makes a lot of sense. He can stay in the East. He can kind of guide those young guys. It's going to be a hell of a commute Philly. for his kids to get to school in L.A. from Philly, though. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, like, Philly will, like, love him and embrace him, and it won't feel like he's kind of cherry-picking onto the, like, Lakers dynasty. You know what I mean? It does. It feels like a cheat code. There's something weird about Like, you're like, ah. There's something just doesn't quite fit. It doesn't seem quite right. But Whereas at the same Kawhi time. seems right to me. I'd be I'd be super thrilled to see LeBron in a Lakers uniform. I'm not, not going to joke around. That's yeah. the thing. It's like ultimately you still want him, but I do. I have gotten the sense from hearing from fans we know and just fans on the internet that people are a little hesitant about LeBron, and I don't think anyone would be hesitant about Kawhi. You're building a team of a bunch of Angelinos that are coming home to play together for a championship. That's a pretty sweet storyline. Right smack dab middle of their primes. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Oh my god. The, def oh my god. the defense on that team. Oh, oh. <laughs> but Lonzo Ball at the point guard spot. I mean, defensively, he's probably going to be what? Top? He's only going to get better. He'll, I have high yeah. hopes for him. He'll be a top five defensive point guard in the NBA before his career is done. And is starting, if you take the 30 starting point guards in the league, he'll be among the top five of them defensively in the next couple of years, I think. Offensively, maybe not. But defensively, I mean, what other point guards could surpass him on the defensive end of the floor even right now? Pat Beverly, who's just an insane person. Yeah. And then... Was is Ben Simmons considered? I don't. I don't know what he is. He's what a, is Ben Simmons? Other he's magic. Than horrifying. He's magic. 
he's he's, a one, in, he's incredible. Yeah, he's a one through five. He's crazy. Um, but I, I think there's a universe where LeBron goes to Philly, Kawhi and Paul George are Lakers. Uh, Brandon Ingram probably is a spur. <laughs> that, like if I if I had uh, Cousins goes back to New Orleans, but on maybe not a max contract. I don't. Who knows? I was also thinking, and then I know you got to go, but maybe who who says no to this deal? If I'm New Orleans, I trade Cousins to Washington for Beal. Oh, Washington would love to get someone that's not Marcin Gortat as their starting center. Right, and obviously Wall and Beal don't like each other, and Wall and Cousins are like best friends. And Wall and I don't think Gortat get along particularly well either. So you're you're also right, kind so of you you get rid of right, you hmm. so if if I take even if I even who says no to this deal, even more, Porter and Gortat for cousins. God, maybe Washington? I don't know. I like Otto Porter a lot. Maybe I like him too much. Me too, but if you could tell me I have John Wall, Bradley Beal, and Demarcus Cousins on my team. That's a team that should win. Because Kelly Oubre is good. I mean, Kelly Oubre kind of does Otto Porter things, just not as well. Yeah. And they've got Markeith Morris at the power forward spot, so he can space the floor and do that stuff too. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, this this should it's be, be a wild. lot of fun. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm just I'm getting all excited about this. I'm getting a, very excited about a Randall Kuzma George. Kawhi, Lonzo Ball starting five, and none of this has ever has shaken out at all yet. But not not yet. We but had it's to talk possible, about it. Dan. It's possible. <laughs> that's right. It's possible. It's totally possible. And that's why we had to do a podcast because things are possible, and we were getting excited just thinking about them. Uh, Eli, it's a pleasure, my man. Uh, it's a real pleasure. I'm so excited. We uh, we will be talking about Lakers madness throughout the off season. Uh, next podcast is as of yet unscheduled, but I'm sure when something crazy happens to the Thunder. We'll have thoughts on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to bury that thing. I'm buying the casket. He's buying the casket. I bought the plot of land. I went over to, uh, <laughs> what do you, what's, where's Michael Jackson buried? It's like, uh, you know, that one uh, in Burbank? Oh, Forest Lawn? Forest Lawn. I've bought a plot in Forest Lawn for the 2017 18 OKC Thunder. He's waiting, got- just waiting for the call to start digging. He's making, he's paying for it in uh, a series of, of uh install. Yeah. it's it's coming it's coming it's uh, coming baby so well we actively root for the utah jazz we bid you all a wonderful week you can how follow, weird is that you can follow though? us on twitter at eli bauman and at dan bespris and of course follow at hoopball lakers this was ball in ball out a hoopball presentation hoopball have a wonderful week everybody we'll talk to you soon <laughs>